BSF Morning Coffee for May 6, 2019. So happy you could join. And uh, today the Royal Baby has shown up. Uh, Royal Baby was born, I think it was about an hour ago, or at least that's when it was reported anyway. Uh, so congrats to the Royal Family for um, the new birth, healthy birth always a cool thing and wanted to uh, remind you to subscribe to the podcast you can subscribe to the podcast on uh, iTunes uh, Apple Podcasts I keep calling it iTunes but it is officially Apple Podcasts you can, you can subscribe to the podcast there and you can also subscribe uh, on SoundCloud as well and on YouTube so you have three options where you can get your daily fix of morning coffee. Wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA postseason. Had two really good games yesterday. Uh, I'm going to start with Toronto and Philadelphia. Uh, Philadelphia really had uh, Toronto dead to rights. Um, really had them... Uh, on on their heels. I mean, you, if you anytime you can go up three one in a best of seven series, that is really the optimal thing to do um, because you know you basically put the team in a the other team in a must win mode for three straight games, and it's very difficult to beat any team in the NBA three straight times. Uh, maybe not the Lakers. But um, certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, most teams, it's very difficult to beat them three straight times, especially at this time of year in the playoffs where the teams are so evenly matched. Uh, so, you know, the, the 76ers had, you know, they had it all right in front of them. You know, they had everything uh, right in front of them. They had the... Uh, you know, the opportunity to really put Toronto, not put them away, but certainly put them on the ropes and put them in a position where uh, they're going to have, you know, three muscling games and just didn't get it done. Um, it was a great job by Toronto to win a very tough game on the road. You know, basically the, the type of game that they have not won in the past uh, two to three years. And one of the reasons that they got Kawhi Leonard was to win the type of game that they won yesterday. Because they were just, you know, it, it seemed like any time they were in a position of a must-win situation, it just seemed like they could not get it done for, for anything. And, you know, they finally uh, were able to win a big game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard scored 39 points. Um, really just carried the team down the stretch. But the Sixers could not hit a shot to save their life. Um, especially, you know, Tobias Harris uh, had a few open three-pointers. Couldn't, couldn't knock down one of them. If he knocks down a couple of those, it's a completely different outcome in my opinion. Um, you know, Ben Simmons... You know, again, disappearing in big games. Uh, you know, but most people are going to talk about, and, and as they should, they're going to talk about uh, Joel Embiid. 
Um, the final stat line for the Sixers stars, um, you know, Simmons was 5 of 10 uh, from the field, 0 for 2 from free throws. Uh, that's got to be an emphasis for him in the offseason. You can't be a guard in this league and shoot free throws as poorly as Ben Simmons shoots free throws. He, you know, this has to be, it has to be a point of emphasis in the offseason for him. He's got to get that uh, going in a better direction. Um, he was minus 19, Ben Simmons was, last night. That is, um, you know, that's just not going to work. Not going to work. Not not if you want to be considered a max player, which he considers himself to be. Um, minus 16 in a must-win game. It's just not going to be, you know, it's just not acceptable. And it has to be, uh, you know, there has to be improvement in that arena. Uh, Embiid was plus 17 while he was on the floor because, you know, he is good on both ends. But, you know, a lot of people are going to talk about the fact that he only scored 11 points. I think, you know, his illness being is, is part of it. But one of the questions that has to be asked is, you know, is Embiid really committed to being one of the greats in the league? You know, is he really committed to being one of the top players in the NBA? And there's a good reason to believe that he isn't at this stage. Um, it's hard for me to call someone uncommitted. Um, you know, cause obviously he's made it this far, you know, he's made it into the NBA where so few people ever <laughs> get to. Um, but you just gotta wonder, you know, is he, is he putting in, is he putting in the necessary um, work to be, sorry, is he putting in the necessary work to be one of the greats? That, you know, and that will always dog him until he proves otherwise, until he proves that he can stay healthy for an entire season, until he can prove that he can be at his best when his team needs him to be at his best. Because right now, um, the Sixers need a huge game from Embiid in game five. And you got to wonder, you know, are they going to get that? Is he going to be well enough to give them that when they need it? Um, everyone can, you know, I've had the flu, obviously. Most people have had the flu. You don't feel like doing much of anything when you have the flu. But, um, you know, when you look at somebody like a Michael Jordan who's who played in the finals with the flu, and not only played, but I think he ended up scoring uh, something like 37 points. <laughs> um, it's hard, you know, it's hard to make excuses for high-profile athletes who don't perform even when they're not feeling their best. The Sixers need... And be to have the game of his life um, on Tuesday, 
And I don't know. You kind of wonder, can he give them? Can he give them that? I'm not sure, but we'll see. Um, one other thing I wanted to take away from the game is, is Kawhi Leonard one of the best players in the NBA? I don't think there's any debate that he is, but is he like one of the top two or three players in the NBA? I think there's a reason to debate that, but when you look at what he did yesterday against uh, a Sixers team that, again, was very much uh, in, a, in a driver's seat, very much in control of their destiny. And just the type of shots that he was making, um, the type of plays that he was making, and really what Kawhi Leonard does so well is that he makes the routine play, but he makes it without any without any doubt, without any hesitation. Like there's no, there's absolutely like no um, doubt that he's going to make the play. There's no doubt. Like when, when Kawhi Leonard pulls up for a mid-range jumper, you know it's going in. When Kawhi Leonard makes a pass, like you know he's going to make the right pass and you know he's going to make the right play. And I think in that respect, the fact that he's probably the most reliable player at, at the highest level. I don't know if there's a player who at, at his highest level, at the highest levels, is more reliable than Kawhi Leonard. Um, he's just more reliable. Uh, you can count on Kawhi Leonard to make the play. When, we, when you need him to make a play, he's going to make the play. Um, and that says a lot. That says a lot. I would absolutely want him on my team. I would want him on my team 100%. I would I would trade people to make sure I had a shot at Kawhi Leonard. And we all know that he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. It seems like a foregone conclusion that Leonard is leaving Toronto for, for a number of reasons. Um... I would love to see him on the Clippers, man. That that Clippers team would be pretty pretty sick um, to have him. And I think they've got room for another Max guy, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think the Clippers have enough room um, to add not only Leonard but add another guy. So you know that's pretty awesome to even think about, I mean, the Clippers would automatically, in my view, be a a favorite to win it all, which would be huge for their franchise. Because I'm old enough to know uh, and to remember that the Clippers are one of the worst-run franchises in all sports. They were one of the worst. Um, probably in the NBA, the only franchise that was run worse was the old New Jersey Nets before they moved to Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, the Clippers were awful for years. So I want to um, switch gears a little bit and talk about the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets don't get a whole lot of airtime on this podcast, but I think that's about to change. 
Um, they were able to tie their series as well, uh, 2-2, and uh, did so by beating Portland in Portland. Another situation where the home team had all the momentum, had all the, uh, you know, all the reasons in the world to really, you know, essentially put the other team away. And I thought, I really thought that, um, that Portland was going to put Denver away. I was, I was quite surprised that, uh, Denver got up off the mat, but they did so behind, of course, uh, Nikola Djokic, but even more surprisingly, uh, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's been kind of all over the place, hasn't really been the most dependable player, um, but he had a monster night last night, 34 points, um, five rebounds, four assists, drew a seven from three-point range, 11 of 11 from free throws, and was a plus 10 on the night. Just a monster night. You're not going to get that every night from Jamal Murray, but if you can get it sometimes, that's better than that's better than nothing. And um, that was huge. That that was big. I mean, that really, um, you know, propelled Denver. I still think Portland's going to win the series because, again, you're just not going to get that from Jamal Murray every night. You're just not. Um, I think they're, um, I think they're kind of top heavy. I think that you know, if it's if it's not. Murray and Jokic basically taking over every night, the Nuggets can be beaten. And if they're not going to get beaten in this series, they're certainly going to get beaten in the next next series uh, because Houston and Golden State are miles better than both. Uh, they're both miles better than Denver. But big win nonetheless. You know, can't, can't uh, deny... What a big win that was for for Denver, and they absolutely had to have it. Be interesting to see what happens in the rest of this series. Can you know? Can it be pushed to seven? Because um, you know, you have Golden State or Houston waiting for you um, at the end of this. So if you go seven and you know, both of those teams are waiting for you. I should say either of those teams are waiting for you. That's um, that's a daunting task, to say the least. Uh, so that is, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, the NBA playoffs, it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, tonight, going to get, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, going to get game four. For uh, Milwaukee and Boston, I fully expect Boston to get up off the mat and win that game. And then we're also going to get uh, game four for uh, Golden State in Houston. And I expect also um, Golden State to uh, come back and, and go up 3-1 and basically <clears throat> excuse me, put up. They're going to put Houston away, in my view. Um, so I fully expect them to do that. 
So finally, I wanted to remind you that, yes, it is only May and, um, you know, we should be talking about things like baseball and horse racing and the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and all of that. Um, but really is a good time for you to start thinking about your fantasy league. This is a really good time to, to think about fantasy football, and here's why. You know, you're not under pressure to, you know, kind of figure out who you're going to pick. Because, let's face it, most guys end up picking their teams on the fly, right? You pick the people you know. You pick the players that you know. And, you know, why, why go into another season like that? Why not come up with a plan of, of who you're going to pick? And so I wanted to kind of get you ready for uh, the fantasy football draft and for the fantasy football season by sharing with you my fantasy football guide, which will be ready by July 1st. And so you will not go into the fantasy draft blindly. You'll have a plan of attack. So if your favorite players are already picked, you will not be caught with your pants down. Uh, you will have a plan. You will have uh, options. You will have you know more than one option. So when it comes time for you to draft, not only will you draft smartly, but you'll draft well. And you will be able to uh, actually win your league. Um which is the point, right? The point is to win. I mean, playing is fun, but you want to win. So, Blue Sports Forum is going to get that fantasy football guide ready for you, and you'll be able to access it on all your devices. And, you know, that way you'll, you know, again, we'll be going in blindly, you know, have a plan, have a, you know, a plan to win. You know, don't stop planning to lose. Start planning to win. So that will be ready for you July 1st. So keep listening to the podcast. And I will um, give you the links where you will be able to download your guide. And again, prepare to win. All right, so my name is Martin Williams. Thank you for tuning in to the BSF Morning Coffee. Don't forget to stop by the website, bluesportsforum.com, to get all the latest sports news, especially uh, fantasy news, fantasy picks, all that good stuff. And I will talk to you tomorrow.